Hello, I'm Kim Katola, host of Cradle My Heart Radio. Our mission is preventing abortion and helping those it hurts. And our vision is to bring abortion recovery to the church, reaching out to equip and encourage pastors, elders, ministry leaders, and others so they can minister God's love to the millions of Christians personally impacted by this moral crisis of our time. Saving lives and healing hearts, this is Cradle My Heart Radio. Find us online at cradlemyheart.org. Where can you find God's voice in the noise on reproductive choice? For over a million women and men each year, the question goes beyond politics to become much more pressing and personal, both before and after the choice. And we are called to love the little children just as God does. Listen to Cradle My Heart Radio with your host, Kim Katola, speaker, writer, and broadcaster, sharing God's truth to prevent abortion and help those it hurts. Learn more at cradlemyheart.org. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode, this program. And uh, we're going to talk about the Human Coalition, which is an organization you may have heard of. And if not, I'm really pleased to be the one to introduce their outreach to you because Human Coalition is an organization that is very much fulfilling the promise of what we hope to achieve and attain with this or with this outreach with our radio program, which is equipping and encouraging church leaders and the church to get to work on the on the business of preventing and repenting abortion in the church. Um, I think that the church has work to do, and there are many churches that are doing a great work, and many churches that don't really know where quite to begin. So I think you're going to find this conversation with Jeff Bradford of Human Coalition very illuminating, and hopefully he'll have some good direction and ideas for you. Jeff Bradford serves as president of Human Coalition. He's also a former owner and CEO of Cross Media and a managing partner of uh, a consulting group. And um, after volunteering for years with Human Coalition, he joined the organization full-time about 10 years ago now. And since then, he has helped grow HUCO into one of the nation's largest pro-life organizations. And Jeff is an alumni of, uh, alumnus, that is, of UT Austin, and also um, a husband and a dad. He and his wife, Tricia, have four children. Jeff, welcome to Cradle My Heart Radio. Thank you, Kim. It's so nice to be with you today. Thank you for having me on and your kind words about our work and and what we do. We greatly appreciate that. Well, give us the background of Human Coalition, because the growth has been really phenomenal in the 10 years that you've been there. It has. God has shown up in just amazing ways, Kim. I mean, when we started um, a little over 10 years ago, um, you know, we were an all-volunteer effort. There was uh, just really a couple of us that began to really see the need to reach women who were planning to abort and use the Internet to do that. And we were able to start off as just an all-volunteer organization and work with pregnancy centers across the country. And then, by God's grace, a a family in Texas um, funded us. Uh, We had a $3.2 million business plan. We were business guys looking really at, if you would think, seed capital, right? How do you get a business started? Well, you need an investor. And this family invested in us. And um, today we have over 180 employees, about a $27 million budget, still extremely small compared to almost a $2 billion uh, Planned Parenthood uh, abortion, um, you know, behemoth. 
but the Lord is doing amazing things, um, you know, really in and through our work and, and our partnership with pregnancy centers and other life-affirming organizations. Mm, and that's so encouraging to hear. So Human Coalition um, sort of, I, I, when you say using the Internet to reach women, this was uh, really a brilliant approach because did you start as um, as a local pregnancy center trying to get, you know, your results moved up in the Google search results? Or were there multiple sites where you were trying to direct people or were you working with existing centers? How did it how did the model unfold? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we originally started uh, really with really one initiative, um, and that was that really less than 2% of the women planning to abort, those those that are actively searching for an abortion and had made up their mind to have an abortion, you know, 10 years ago, um, were coming into to pregnancy centers across the country. And that doesn't mean that they weren't seeing women. They're seeing lots of women. But these women that have already planned to head to the abortion clinic, the Internet was a divine opportunity to reach them really where they're at and invite them into a conversation that can rescue their, their children. And, you know, what's amazing as a statistic, I think your, your listeners will love this. Um, one of the, you know, we, we have a mantra, if we can't measure it, we won't do it. And so we measure everything. We do scientific tests. We look at what works through science and data and technology, all the gifts that God's given us in order to be able to rescue more children and families. And so we, we want to make sure that we're doing that. And 75% of those women that we serve that are planning to abort, they've already made up their mind, say they would prefer to parent if their circumstances were different. And that just breaks my heart. These are women who feel like the, the world has told them what they can't do, that the abortionists say that you have to kill your child in order for you to flourish. And that's just not true. And so many of them have a deep desire to be parents. And this is our time, really, as a as a country, as Christians, as pro life move as the pro life movement, to come alongside these women and be the hands and feet of Christ. Uh, so we're excited that God's given us an opportunity to do that. What we would say is we're building a unified national rescue system for preborn children, and it's a big task, but God's been good, and uh, and we see Him moving in amazing ways. And. You are actually running some pregnancy centers in some locations, I think. Is it four or five cities where you ha- yeah. Human Coalition has pregnancy centers? Yeah, so we have nine altogether um, that are telecare, and we have our own brick-and-mortar clinics. But that, that strategy has kind of changed. We use our brick-and-mortars really as kind of labs to really test what works and doesn't so then that we can then share that with other pregnancy centers. And so to answer your original question, I don't know if I answered that fully. We were not a pregnancy center. We were a group of business guys that were really just looking for ways to find women who are planning to abort and get them into the best pregnancy centers across the country. And that was our original plan. Uh, it has evolved since, there, since then because there, we saw other areas that we can impact in order to rescue more lives. And so one of those was having our own brick and mortar helped us understand how do we increase the life decision rate? How do we care for women better? And so we needed to be able to run some of those ourselves to figure that out. And uh, some of the pregnancy centers said, hey, we'll, we'll dissolve our board. We'll come under yours, and we want to be a part of what you're doing. And, and so that started 
you know, really 10 years ago. The original idea actually started with Dr. D. James Kennedy, if you remember him, out of Coral Ridge. Uh, That was the original idea under Dr. Kennedy before he passed away. We tested that in... um, in 2008 and 9, and then in 2010 started this as a 501c3. Jeff Bradford is our guest, and he's with Human Coalition. And Jeff, I, I have to give you the opportunity to answer your critics. I mean, Human Coalition has now become so successful and so effective at what you do, and that is, you know, intercepting people who think abortion is their only answer and giving them a true choice. I mean, that, that's how I would, you know, summarize what you've just told us here. And you've you've been able to do that using the Internet and using your marketing skills and expertise. And, of course, there's been a huge outcry among abortion rights proponents who say that what you're doing is deceptive. What you're doing is, you know, acting against the will of women. You know, they want an abortion and you're, you're, you know, pointing them toward these organizations that are going to proselytize and they're going to not give them the choice they're looking for and they're going to present themselves as fake, you know, healthcare clinics. And, I mean, I am shocked at the level at which different news organizations through the years have picked up those talking points without doing an iota of research and broadcast stories saying all of the things that I've just mentioned and managed to create some kind of a perception out there uh, for anybody who's paying attention that pregnancy centers are somehow not beneficial to a community. And I want to give you a chance to answer that and, um, you know, however however you would choose to do it. I, I know I've spoken with Brian Fisher, one of the founders of Human Coalition, and he's yeah. pointed to, you know, customer satisfaction surveys and other ways, as you say, that you can actually measure what it is that you know people are experiencing when they go to a pregnancy help organization. But how do you answer that, that criticism? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and you're right. We do, hear our, we do hear that from the pro-abortion side. And the truth of the matter is, is really held in what I just mentioned to you, that 75% of the women who are planning to abort, they think that that's what they want because that's what they've been told that their only choice is. They really don't understand all the services and the help that that are available to them. And so 75% of those would say they would prefer to parent. So the the pro-abortionists make us think, the media think, that that they've already made a decision when, in fact, they're really still searching and they don't know what all their options really are. And so we just meet a woman where she's at and uh, give her true choices. Honestly, I mean, she comes in, she doesn't understand uh, all of the opportunities that she has. And if we say, hey, what's the desire of your heart? We, she said, I would prefer to parent, but I don't feel like I can. We said, well, if we can help you with those. And a lot of times, you know, they may have just lost their job. They're in difficult situations. And these are really tough situations sometimes. But these women are, are powerful, empowered women if you're just willing to stand in the gap for them. And so we have over 7,000 resource providers that we work with and social workers that put a plan of healing together for her from dependence, thinking she can't do that, to independence, to saying you can. You can be a flourishing mom. And so there's tremendous opportunity for healing and flourishing. We have to put a value back on women, children, and families. And that's what I'm excited about with the opportunity of Roe being overturned. Let's get away from the 
abortion discussion, let's talk about how we can really support and help women for what they want to do, which is become flourishing moms. Jeff Bradford is our guest of Human Coalition. And Jeff, when you started as a volunteer, you brought your business expertise and experience with you in the door, but you also brought your personal story. And I'd like to give you the opportunity to share that, too, as part of your motivation. Well, yes, ma'am. I mean, uh, uh, transparently for uh, about 17 years, I was too ashamed to tell anyone. And it really wasn't um, until I met the two co-founders of what is now Human Coalition, and I had sold my company in 2010. Our church had split. If you remember 2008 and nine, it was a pretty difficult financial years, and the church split just had you know, you know resources uh, issues, and it ended up splitting, which was a long story. But my wife was the worship leader, and I was a lay pastor. We helped start the church for eight or nine years and, and felt like we had just lost our family. And... Um, and we found ourselves in Christian counseling feeling like we needed a, a marriage tune-up. And I'll never forget my wife. We closed the door to that office, and my wife began to cry uncontrollably. And, and I had never seen her like that. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what is underneath those tears? Or there's our marriage in, in worse shape than I thought, or, or what's really underneath that? And it came down to a decision almost now 30 years ago, Kim, that we— um, during our engagement, we got pregnant and went to my father, who I grew up with, who was a good man, um, but was just gave us re- some really bad advice. And uh, within a few days, we found ourselves at Planned Parenthood, and I'll never forget that experience, which was horrific. Um, but but very quickly, we took the life of our first daughter, and we didn't talk about it. Uh, for 17 years, we felt like it was the unforgivable sin. Our our pastor never talked about it. Uh, we didn't bring it up in home teams and small groups. Um, we felt like, um, you know, again, it was the unforgivable sin. And, and so that has been, you know, God was just so gracious to, to open my eyes to abortion and drop the scales from my eyes to see what it truly was. And my wife and I went through healing and but I got to do this. I, I, you know, I God pointed me into this, and I knew that I couldn't run from it, even though I, I wanted to. I knew this is where God was calling me, and so for a, a few years, just kind of helped start uh, the organization as volunteer was on the board and helped raise the initial seed capital to get it started. And God's been so good; He's shown up in amazing ways, and He's allowed me to use my testimony. And so many men that have really compartmentalized their their abortion and their experience with maybe even helping someone have an abortion, um, you realize um, the pain uh, in that. And it's, it's, it's a pain that never goes away, but there is no sin bigger than the cross of Christ. And if you've ever had an abortion or been, or been a part of that, I do say there's healing in Christ, and there needs to be healing of our land. Amen to that. And thank you for sharing a tender story, because... Um, whenever I share my story, there's there are always emotions that it stirs to go back to those days and to even to think about the goodness of God and re- restoring us and helping us to fully repent of our part in it. You know, and you also, I have to say, um, you you and your wife have beaten the odds because many couples, if not most, will not survive an abortion because it's such a destroyer of trust. Um yes. And I think, you know, maybe, uh, I, I don't know if having sought counsel together 
and then followed that counsel. I think what's really rough on couples is if one or the other makes the decision unilaterally, it's very, very difficult for a couple to move forward from that experience. Yes. And so when you think about the men that you have shared your testimony with and men whose stories you have heard, I mean, I, I've heard a statistic that says, you know, 80% of abortions are driven by a decision from the man, you know, but there's also a 20% of men who long to be fathers and who are overjoyed at the prospect of having a baby and they have no say in the lives of their children before their birth. Talk about this, the, the range of experiences that you've heard about personally and that you've had the chance to minister to when it comes to men after abortion. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, uh, in my my case, and a lot of men that I've talked to, you know, I know my wife would have not had the abortion had I stood up and said we can do this and and this is our child. And and yet, um, I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't in the Lord enough to really understand what I was doing and the devastation that we were causing years. And and we have beaten the odds. We've 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 now been married 29 years, but there's some really rough years. Uh, our first few years, and and um, there's, uh, I, I think the the abortion is in, in that decision is just one that will always be there at some level. And there's there's uh, years that um, I know that uh, during the time, the same time of the year when that we had that abortion, that my wife um, gets really down and and. Um, so it's been it's it's tough on people. It's very tender to know that you took the life of your child um, because of our own ignorance or our own selfishness um, or circumstance that was temporary. And so, men, um, you know, I, I I just I just pray that that we will continue to know the Lord, uh, that young men will know the Lord and the value of all life and protect life because it is intrinsically value valuable and. There's dignity in every human being, including the preborn child, which we still devalue in the womb as a, as a culture, obviously. But even as pro-life people, we don't value. I, I don't think that the uh, preborn child in the womb the way that we do uh, children that are born. And so I, I hope men will, will will awaken, and there's a revival in men really standing up and protecting women and their children. Uh, and being and being great fathers, I think too. Uh, amen to that. Also, Jeff Bradford, our guest from Human Coalition, uh, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about um, the Human Coalition's outreach toward those who have experienced abortion, because I think that uh, it, those churches that are pro-life, I see a, a split and a divide among those who understand that. Yes, we need to protect unborn life, and we also need to offer the chance for those who've participated in it to repent and to seek restoration in the Lord. And I don't see that second half of the equation happening nearly as often in churches, even those which are strongly pro-life. And sadly, I think the net result when that dynamic is in place is if you're in a very strongly pro-life church, but you never hear about, you know, the good news of repentance and and forgiveness, it, it can almost be more hurtful. It can almost drive you further into shame and silence. That is absolutely 
correct and and you know even in my own experience we sat in the pews we led we we sang we preached uh we led uh and yet uh, we sat uh, feeling like this was the unforgivable sin and um was not able to deal with it and that that is not the gospel uh, we have to encourage pastors to speak about this issue winsomely and gracefully and and um non-judgmentally, uh, but there has to be healing in this. And so if we don't talk about it, I mean, Jesus asked um, Peter three times if he loved him because he wanted to go back to the, the original wound. And if we don't clean out the wound, then there's all, there we're going to continue to have devastation uh, in the church and, and wounds that are never healed. And so we encourage pastors. There's some great ones doing fantastic work that really look at a comprehensive, holistic model of helping from foster to adoption to helping organizations like ours and pregnancy centers and being involved in that. And so we encourage pastors. I think this is, you know, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, um, I think more than ever, we're, the churches uh, really need to look at ways that they can get involved and be the hands and feet of Christ and really minister to this woman and family. We have to change those dynamics. And is Human Coalition's outreach for abortion recovery, for repenting abortion, is it uh, abortion testimonials? I mean, I know that there's already a lot in place that pastors can plug into. They don't have to reinvent the wheel and figure out the grieving process and all of the things that are involved in offering recovery. Yeah, there's a myriad of things that we do. Um, You know, Kim, we, as you know, I mean, we work with both the service side directly with clients and bringing them. We, you know, we work with pregnancy centers across the country. We have telecare in different states where we, you know, market to women, we an outreach, be able to bring them into a system of care. And then we have what is called continuum of care, where we have thousands of partners, including the church, where we put a plan of healing together for her and walk with her through that journey of healing, which could be up to a year or more as long as she wants to walk with us. And so we're helping her through that process to really move from dependence to independence and flourish. And so those are opportunities for the church to really step in that gap. And so we utilize our continuum of care and our care coordinators and our social workers to really connect the dots there for those women and provide those kind of holistic services in other organizations. So when she's in this situation, she has no idea what resources are really available and how people can help and willing to help and really step in the gap for her. And so we help coordinate all that across the country with our centers, with pregnancy centers and other life-affirming organizations, and really put that plan of healing together for her. Mm, And I love that because... You know, I for years I was in conference ministry and maybe you would only have one opportunity to hear someone's story and pray with them and point them in a direction. But I've heard hundreds of stories through the years as a result of that work. And uh, I have it's amazing to me that every single story is different. I mean, you may hear a very typical one like mine where I was in my early 20s trying to launch my life and he didn't want to go ahead and get married as I thought we would. And so abortion appeared as the only choice. Mm-hmm. And and yet, even in all of those stories, which maybe, you know, tick the boxes in terms of being a typical abortion, everyone had 
w- the variable of parents, or as you said, you know, someone gave you this advice, or you know, a trauma that became attached to it. And so, mm-hmm. I love that it's individualized care that you're offering because um, there is no there is no typical person. We all have. I mean, I think every choice for abortion represents a separate need of the heart. Jeff, we have just about uh, under two minutes remaining, but I want to give you the chance to uh, tell people how to get in touch with you the best way and um, just h- hear your heart for where you what, what people should do next, having become aware of what Human Coalition is up to. Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, humancoalition.org uh, is our website. It's just humancoalition.org. So we'd love for people to... Uh, find us there and reach out to us. We'd love to connect with you. Um, you, you know, Kim, we're extremely excited about uh, the opportunity for Roe v. Wade to be overturned. I think that's a win. I think it, it was a bad legal precedence from the very beginning. Uh, but that's not the end. It's really the beginning. Um, there's a tremendous amount of work that's been done over the last 50 years, and we hold up all the, all the pro-life warriors that have fought to get this overturned. But this, as you know, just takes it back to the state. And so this is where our, our new battles will, will begin. And so there's different things that we have to do. But I think the one thing that your listeners can do is work with their local churches and pregnancy centers and organizations like Human Coalition. And let's really lock arms together and be the hands and feet of Christ. And there's lots of ways. And as I mentioned before, 75% of the women would prefer to parent if their circumstances were different. We have to help them in in this time of need. And there's lots of things that we can do, of course, prayer, but also tangible wraparound services and needs. And we're working on some national scale solution that we're really excited to just be able to connect um, the church to our clients and help with those wraparound services and really step in the gap. We're also working with the Sagamore Institute to, to put together a mentoring program that we hope churches will uh, we'll work with us on and volunteers, Exciting. especially in those communities Exciting. that are hardest hit. Thank you, Jeff. We're out of time. So I urge you to go to cradlemyheart.org where we will try to link all of the above. Thanks for being with us, Jeff. This is Cradle My Heart Radio with Kim Katola, preventing abortion and helping those it hurts. Please get in touch with Kim. Find out more at cradlemyheart.org. You can listen to the podcast on all platforms.